Welcome back to All The Fly Kids Show. This is episode 13, Painted Black. We're calling this episode Painted Black. Uh, today, we have an artist, an educator. We have Mr. Charles Jean-Pierre. <laughs> told you, man, he makes it look easy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully, I'm... So, I think people could take that as arrogant, though. Nah. Nah. I mean, depending upon the company that you keep, yeah, I don't think they would take it as, as arrogance. Like, for me, I'm not someone who's easily impressed. Like, I know people yeah. who are like, yeah, man, you know, I see you with the the, the such and such car, yeah. da, da 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 Or like, yeah, he got the, he got this or she got that. You know what I mean? Like, do you know what, you ain't never seen money like that or whatever the case may be. And it's just yeah. like, that's not how I, that's not how I view. I don't. I don't get excited in that way about like wealth or um, luxury shit or yeah. things like. That. I like luxury shit. Yeah. And maybe that's the reason why I don't get excited because like I really understand it. Um, I won't say that I have a, a great understanding of how wealth works, but I yeah. do understand that. Um, I do what I do understand about it is um it it works very differently than how I was raised when it came to money. Mm-hmm. You know um but so for you to be like yeah you know I got a studio like you know people like I I I've had I've I have friends and I've been in the company of people who have a greater wealth of things than I do, you know, mm-hmm. have a greater wealth of experiences than myself and like you know I engage them the same way I engage everybody. Right. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't see that as arrogance. You're just saying like, yeah, you know, got to get you over to my studio. You know, she's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I want to come see it. Yeah. Because that makes me feel good to know. Pour up some Jameson. Yeah, and like that I, well, I don't know. I might I might bring some rye bourbon through there. Jameson's cool, but it's not. not, Well, I got bullet. It's perfect. Perfect. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Now we talking. Okay. Okay. But. It makes me feel good to know, because something that I always wanted, especially being a person who's like very giving and loving, yeah. um, I want to know like, well, who can I gain from yeah. in terms of just like good energy and yeah. just like that 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 ambitious energy and things like that. So, as opposed to being impressed by, I'm I'm more embracing and just like you know welcoming. Mm-hmm. The, that's that's what I like about that. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. So, um. Where where do we leave off? Um, feminist. Yeah. So do you do you have a preference of womanism and fe- or feminism? Yeah. In terms um, of like the, the the terminology. Yeah. Um. And I'm asking you this because I never asked I asked, I never asked a man about this. Yeah. Uh, I'm willing and ready. Did a couple interviews about it already. Um. Feminism in its true form is legit for me but um as you grow and learn it's it's more about intersectionality mm-hmm. oh but like i think feminism is like the basis for and the foundation for that mm-hmm. um so um like certain populations were fighting for equal pay right equal pay that's big and um certain populations being <laughs> white women no no coded language man. no coded language uh, no dog no dog whistles let me say that <laughs> you, there's two things that they're really uh big on it's like you can't police my body mm. get your laws off my body mm. and equal pay like mm. those are the two big feminist issues but those were issues that were like really pushed to the forefront by white women because mm-hmm. that was their agenda. Mm-hmm. But um, black women, literally when, like, no one was getting paid nothing, were getting paid equally zero as black men, mm-hmm. right? But they still had to take care of home, mm-hmm. right? So it wasn't about necessarily equal pay. It was like, stop killing us, stop yeah. beating us. Yeah. Like, pay us, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So how did it go from pay us, period, to equal pay mm-hmm. so um they they and those same women oftentimes they say and it's not that cut and dry but like those same women that wanted to go to work had black nannies at home which mm-hmm. they weren't paying well you know yeah and so 
the term intersectionality is more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole, so I just talked about pay, but getting into like our bodies and black women bodies in general, mm-hmm. um, I have this piece called Future Increase. Mm-hmm. And so the way that slavery um, lived and fed off of itself is that one person couldn't break the chain. Like one white man couldn't wake up one day and say, I'm freeing all my slaves. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that happened was because black women bodies were wheeled off to future increases. Their future increases out of their wombs were wheeled off to grandkids. Mm -hmm. So now you're not just dealing with a father and son. You're dealing with a grandfather, all these uncles, and all these grandkids. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to, so say if a dude is like, nah, I'm letting Roberta free. Yeah. I love her. This my girl. Roberta kids already wheeled off to your, to this man's second son, third son, or grandkid. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't let Roberta free. Because Roberta, her future increase, her body is in a wheel. Yeah. And we waiting for that. Mm-hmm. So the way they set it up was no genuinely good God-fearing white man couldn't just get rid of that person Mm -hmm. because he might have got Roberta from his grandfather. Mm -hmm. Not from his father, but from his grandfather. Yeah. So now you got a whole generation. It was multi-generational. Okay. And now they didn't didn't will off black men's bodies like that. Only the women in their future increase, yeah. and that shows how valuable black women were. And I don't think we understand how value how valuable black women were. And so when you met me seven years ago, I didn't understand how valuable black women were. And there's still many people who don't understand how valuable black women are. Even many black women themselves don't understand and recognize their value. How valuable they are. You know, um, I have I, I have conversations with women, black women who think this way, <laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, to this day. And um what I realize is, is there's only there's nothing I can do to make a change in their mind. It's just something that they have to come into on their own when they're ready to receive and understand that about themselves. You know? Um so embracing embracing intersectionality since that's mm-hmm. the, the, the term that you prefer and so embracing that as a straight black man mm-hmm. you know have you say in, in in conversation with with homies of yours or whatnot like yeah. have you gotten any pushback you know have they tried to clown you or whatever for just like the way that you think about things now yeah i mean and we've clowned each other for uh much less but um, everybody that I'm rock rocking with mm-hmm. right now is really reading, thinking, bringing their own experiences. Like mm-hmm. I got a cool set of you know Austin, all of them. Like yeah. we we rocking, like we we reading. Live, I love you, brother. We mm-hmm. hugging each other, mm-hmm. and it, this is stuff that like um we just bringing it, just understanding that we gotta love each other more. Yeah. Um, somebody told me Gemini's were twins, like twin spirits, but like somebody else told me they're actually, it's the female and the male energy in one, mm-hmm. right? So like Kanye West, I think is a Gemini, Andre 3000, Kendrick, Pac, Biggie, like all these expressive type people. Um, it's like more of a, like a CeeLo, I think is like, um. In touch with your feminist side, okay. being in touch with it, understanding that's just part of you. Um, next, the next thing I want to go into is like spirituality mm. and really dig deep. Um, that's the next thing for me, and I and I think this is all going to influence my work. And I think that black women or black men or whoever can't see their value because they don't understand because we don't understand Mm -hmm. the spiritual side of things and so if you want me to drop some knowledge i could drop some knowledge right now go ahead go ahead lay lay it on us real quick all right without seeming like a spook uh do you know off the top of your head what 48 divided by four is 12 
12, right? Yeah. You know what 52 divided by 13 is? No, 52 divided by 4 is? 13. 13. I, I gave it to you. I gave it to you. <laughs> I had a, I mean, it took me that long to figure it out. Like, does 13, yeah, man. <laughs> 13. Um, so, how many weeks in it? How many weeks is it in a year? 52. 52. How many months is it? How many weeks is it in a month? Four. So how many months should we have? 13, but we have 12. Yeah. It's 13 lunar cycles. Every thir- every 28 days we get a new moon. Mm-hmm. Every 28 days a woman cycles. Mm-hmm. Women have 13 cycles per year, but we on a 12-month calendar made by men. Is this like the enlightened version of like, like some five percent of what's the mathematics nah, type shit, man. You just I'm <laughs> thirteen. Like I'm literally at the vegan spot, mm-hmm. and they're giving me twenty eight day. I'm like, I want to do a thirty day cleanse. I want to do a whole month. I, they they giving me twenty eight days. I'm and like, that, this is not even gonna last me a month. And that's when they told you, no, they didn't even tell me. I figured it out. It was okay. like light bulb. Like, hold on, twenty eight. Twenty eight days is a month. No, twenty eight. It is for February. Yeah, for February. So, um, like, February is the only really true month. So, literally, 20, 28 times 13 equals 364. So, we should have... 13 months. 13 months, but 364 days. No, it still could be 365. It's like, it literally... Uh, you wouldn't have to account for, like, leap years and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even saying that. What I'm saying is... Um, they tell us 13 is an unlucky number, but women have 13 cycles a year. That's how they give life. Mm-hmm. How is giving life an unlucky number? Mm-hmm. If we get 13 moons, so we all, everybody is off. We are all off. And I'm just trying to get realigned. It's not no 5%. This is literally me. Now, like, I, I was just joking when I said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But people that know, know that 13 is not an unlucky number. Mm. When you play cards, how many cards do you get in a deck? 52. And then how many suites is it? Four. And how many cards is in each suite? 13. 13. Okay. So they playing us. People that know, know. The average person can't tell you what's 52 divided by four. Because when you're in school. They stop at 12. They stop at 12. Interesting. So how do you know 48 divided by 4 is 12 off the bat, but you don't know 52, which is 4 more, right. divided by 4 is 13? Because mm-hmm. we don't learn our 13. Yeah. The times tables only go up to 12. Yeah. That's crazy. And the reason why your teachers only teach <laughs> I used to, you. I used to wonder about, like, well, what about when you, get, when you get into 13 times? Like, yeah. how come we ain't never do all the way up to, like, yeah. 100? <laughs> Why we don't do I used to, to think about that shit yeah. when I was a kid. But your teachers was taught up to 12. They teachers was taught up to 12. They teachers was taught up to 12. And we never, and we are told to avoid the number 13 as much as possible. There's no 13s in buildings. Yeah, I was going to say there's buildings where there's no 13th floor. Yeah. So, and that's an Outcast album. It's a, no, an Outcast song, the 13th floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's not spooky stuff. It's literally. 13, 28 days in a year. Mm. Women have a cycle from 21 to 28 days. Um, as far as inventions, a black man invented the, um, and I'm sure I'm all over the place, but a black man invented the um, woman fertile indicator mm. and the woman fertility um, predictor. So was it like a pregnancy test? Like the early pregnancy test? No, no, no. This was like 1999. Oh, you said fertility, fertility indicator. Indicator. Okay. So okay. a woman knows when she's going to be fertile okay. or when she's most fertile. This was like invented in like 1998 and 1999 or okay. patented in 1998 1999. But a black man invented that. Okay. So the more we're in tune with who we are, our cycles, all that stuff like that, the more aware we're going to be. Okay. Now, what you just told me, is that one of the inspirations behind your... Black inventions, white patents piece. It's a lot of it's a lot. I, I, of I know they are. Yeah. I'm just just you bringing that That's one up in particular. Segue. Um, man, I'm I'm. Are y'all ready to talk about it? <laughs> I'm ready to talk about it because okay, let me give y'all some background why I specifically wanted to talk about this, and I'm glad he brought up inventions because I was like, otherwise, I'm just going to jump right into it like a, a train wreck on a on a on a yeah. turntable, but. 
So some of y'all know, um, some of y'all don't. I have a now annual photo project called the most known unknown series where I feature just like I do on the podcast, um, local influencers, um, creatives, entrepreneurs, whoever doing, um, work that is worthy of note. And last year I featured JP, um, and he, it was a picture of him sitting in front of a painting he and it's entitled Black Inventions, White Patents. That's what it, the piece is. And so I post, I, I, I put these, um, the people going to come get me <laughs> for saying that it was me who put all these posters up yeah. around, around town. But I put his on uh, the bottom of a lamppost right at the intersection of where the school, the high school used to teach in Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School um, at First uh, and End Street. Cool. He hits me after he finally, because I was like, it's right there, it's right there. I had to like guide him to where it was. He sends me a, a picture. Somebody tears out the black and white yeah. portions and it just says inventions, inventions patents. And so my thinking was, I'm like, well, now I'm confused because I don't know. That could have been a black person or a white person. Yeah. It could have been a black person who misinterpreted it or it could have been a white person who's just who felt uncomfortable. Like, wait a second. You know, because also the part of town where this is first and end, this neighborhood, Truxton Circle, uh, has now been gentrified. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say it's gentrifying because, yeah. I mean, it's, there's still a, a plenty of black families who live yeah. in that neighborhood, you know, but it... um. It def there are definitely more white faces living in Truxton Circle than there were when he was working over yeah. there and even before that. So um, I was confused because I didn't know who was who the culprit was. Yeah, and but either way, it 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 left it 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 leaves something to be discussed. There's a there's a, there, there there's a, a opportunity to educate or just the opportunity to agree to disagree. <laughs> you Man, know? um. There's so many law. So that piece was originally accepted into plug uh, the Museum in Science and Industry Black Creativity um, Fair. It's like this big deal in Chicago. It's like a gala. Mm-hmm. The who's who of Chicago, black folks, uppity folks go. And so they, they accepted my piece. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. And um, I wanted to just do um, a piece that just kind of represented black creativity in a non-scientific way, but still very scientific. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that good at math either. Um, but um, you can go through and look up all the lawsuits. Like, this is, like, public knowledge mm-hmm. of all these black people that sued and lost against these big co- corporations like GM and all that stuff like that for their for their patents and for their inventions and mm-hmm. these big companies just had better lawyers. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge list of inventions that black people have created. The potato chip, like the most popular delicious snack on the planet, mm-hmm. was made by a black dude. I, I didn't know that. The refrigerator, the elevator, mm-hmm. um the air conditioner, um the radi I think the radiator even to keep you warm. Like yeah. all of these things that are essential. The light bulb. Um to who we are and how we live in these modern luxuries uh, were the, made. The, the paint that they use on the on the street. On the street was made by a black person. Man, so I think they were a um a civil engineer from who went to Howard. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, the elevator, the elevator, like so. Um, I was just, you know, I just I just put it out there. I didn't want to be too political or too angry. And there there are some pro black people or some some spooky scientist type people that um that I think aren't accepted into mainstream society. But I think I'm pretty safe still mm-hmm. um in my knowledge. And I think understanding kind of women is helping me be more safe, understand my soft side. Like we we're in like one massive one love massive studios right now. Like I'm really about some like one love type stuff. Like mm. I love everybody. But I also think it's like real vampires out here too though. Like just like energy sucking, blood yeah. sucking type people. Mm-hmm. Black and white. And I think there's like zombies too. Like 
some Walking Dead people. No, nah, there's a lot of Walking Dead people. Uh, yeah. A lot. You know, I <laughs> you see them every day, man. Yeah, of every race. So you know? I believe in vampires and zombies. You can call me a spook. But not in the science fiction um, definition of the term, but literally on, like, just technically. I mean, so I had um, the owner of a Calabash Tea, Sunyata Amen, on on the show a while back. And um, we were talking about just, like, people's addictions to caffeine and Mm -hmm. alcohol. And how, and she brought up how, like, people depend upon one to get them moving and another one to bring them down. And it's like almost religious and, and, and it's like a, a ritual. It's ritualistic, yeah. you know, yeah. like I'm going to go to my local coffee shop and then yeah. I'm going to go to happy hour. I'm going to yeah. coffee shop, happy hour. And, 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 and I was just like, yeah, man. Like when I thought about it, I was like, no, that is. And so when you bring up this whole like zombie thing, I'm just like, yeah. it uh, is almost like that, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, it, it gets even deeper than that. Um, I mean, no, it's, I mean, we got a lot of rituals, a lot of rituals that are accepted that, um, need to be questioned. Mm-hmm. You know, learning your timetables to 12 is a ritual. No one put a gun to your head and said, you can't learn your 13s. This is true. This is very true. But they told us that learning, memorizing till 12, you'll be good in life. But women get 13 cycles a year, though. That's the most important thing to keep life going. It's 20, like, understanding that, like, when it's a full moon, Mm -hmm. shit start getting crazy out. And you, but you can't count on the moon no more because we don't know when the when it's gonna be a full moon. So you knowing information like this, figuring this out, how does how does someone like that get invited to the White House or their work ends up in embassies and things like that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're you're because granted, you could be conservative in in thought you could be conservative yeah. in lifestyle still be a great artist and many of these institutions are very conservative very you know but you on, a, on the other hand are not so yeah man everything's been blessings on blessings like i think people trust me um i meet people for the first time and they just like take me under their wing and that's what i said about dc in the other interview like dc is very accepting of outsiders so I did the presidential scholars um, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And then I put one of my homeboys on. It's like, it's already on my resume. I already did it. Like, put one of my homeboys on who later put me on again. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I share the wealth. Like, it's not about I want this so many times. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't want you, like, connecting too many dots. But I'm going to South Africa this summer from – a homie that I put on to the presidential scholars. And I was like, you could, you could do a workshop with them. That's amazing. They'll pay you. That's amazing. And then four or five years later, this I'm going to South Africa. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not paying. So, um, make, making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm saying stuff like, well, I, I don't think any of these people knew I grew up with a white auntie or my art teacher. My first art teacher was a white dude or nothing like that. But like, just like, making sure that people see the love in me and they can trust me, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I know how to shut it or zip it. So I'm just, I mean, I still go to bars sometime and I'm just looking around. Like at this point, like I'm a sociologist, like I'm just reading now and just like, man, I understand that too much. That's, that's what I should have majored in. I, I, I say this, you know, finishing school and I, I should have majored in sociology instead of marketing. Yeah. You know, um, I went, I was in the school to be, I was in the cult. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the cults dressing up on Tuesdays or yes, Thursdays. Yes, Tuesdays. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, I I did all that, and um, but I'm so fascinated by the way that groups of people move and think. Yeah. You know, even more so. As much as I love to t- speak with individuals and get yeah. to know them more, just even if they're strangers, like 
I really am fascinated by the movement of people as a as a whole and groups and, and demographics and things like that. And I'm just like, man, why didn't I go to school for sociology, man? Mm-hmm. I, I probably would have finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What one thing that one thing that uh aha moment for me though, and I'm getting back, this is how we got into the feminist conversation, is like everything that you want to learn in college, you can learn on the streets. Like mm-hmm. You, anybody can walk into Howard Bookstore right now mm-hmm. and be like, "What's where's the business 101 books? And buy them all and read them all. Yeah. Like, they call them prison degrees or whatever like that. Like, get you a prison degree. Like, it's, it's really the opposite. I think people in prison get those prison degrees because they want to free themselves, mm-hmm. right? And they want to liberate themselves. So it's like the huge, the biggest irony in the world that they say like most black men don't read a book till they get locked up, mm. you know, and it's like I'm free. Let me let me read a book, and I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I didn't read a a book of, from page. I haven't read a novel cover to cover by, written by a woman till I was in college, and it was assigned by a. It was a it was a, a sign. It was a requirement. Mm-hmm. It was a class requirement to read a book, right? So it's like I've never voluntarily read a book written by a woman. Mm-hmm. Is it because I'm sexist? Is it because um, I don't have time? Is it because PlayStation is more important? Like, it's the same reason why we don't learn our 13s timetables, right? So we really have to put who's keeping us back other right. than ourselves. How are we being socialized from, like, within our community to, like, outside, just, yeah. like, the whole grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no... um. Okay. Um, when did you know you held influence? Like you you were looked at as an influential person cuz I think about I think about the time when um back when I was with Rock Creek Social Club and we were doing Good Life Tuesdays at recess. Mm. Um, this was like 2010-2011, like first year and we had Million Dollar Mano come out. Mm-hmm. And you came through with the painting. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the painting, but I know it was like yeah. colorful, yeah. and I was just like, "Man, that's dope, man!" Like yeah. it was, it was, it was a few of y'all Chicago folks that came through. It was like, "Oh, we yeah. we in there." Yeah. <laughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, who was you? Kind of, sort of hit some footwork a little hey. bit that night. You. Two- Fifty fifteen seconds worth. Right, right. You 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 did a little quick yeah. little move real quick after yeah. we had to like press Mano to play yeah, some footwork some juke, music. Some juke music. So um but um I remember too there was a guy in there and I was he was like um guy I know actually he was like he was like clowning clowning your art and I'm just mm-hmm. like man this <laughs> dude has no idea because yeah. like even then like you were like moving yeah like he was making some big moves and i'm just like man he has no idea he up here clowning this man yeah and you know i was like i was telling him i was like man he ain't hear me whatever but yes. i'm sure i'm sure he sees you now yeah and i know he sees you now yeah. you know what i mean and he's like damn <laughs> yeah um when i know ah man early on like you you could be a leader or a follower. Like, that's some Chicago stuff. Like, leaders. Like, you could be a leader or a follower. Um, I, I Shout out to leaders, by the way. Shout out to leaders. I'm still, I'm, I, I've been a fan of leaders for many years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's followers in Chicago, too. Everybody in Chicago is not a leader. But I think it's a responsibility you have to take and something you, you have to do so. Like I said, my both my parents were really um, big in, in my life. They let me do my thing, but, like, there were, like, these checkpoints, check-ins. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your major? When are you going to graduate? When are mm-hmm. you going to get a real job? And, like, I've learned since I was a kid how to negotiate. Mm-hmm. If I put as much time into um, art as I would have piano, can I do it? If I... Um, I was a pre-nursing major, G. My family, <laughs> I got a whole medical history I don't like talking about. Like, um, But long story short, I, I didn't like it. Um, 
I was in an honors college, though. I always got stuff kind of easy. Mm. But that wasn't my life journey. And I was like, if I can make as much as a nurse doing art, can I do it? And this was like a negotiation. Like, I'm in college. Mm. And um, I was like, all right, fine. Like, you've been pushing this art thing since you was a kid. But she was just like, get a degree to just to get a degree in something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I got um, the um, the African studies degree because I was interested in that and just knowing why black folks are in the position they're in, why we're in the position we're in. Chicago's real pro-black. Um, w- there's a whole poetry scene in Chicago that I didn't mention, so with a lot of influential people. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was I was a cool kid in high school too, college all the way through. Um, but it was like, it takes money to, if I can make as much money as an artist, be uh, as a nurse being an artist, right? So that's my goal. That's my platform. That's success for me. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad told me, if you're going to do something, do it all the way. I remember we were still in Harvey. And they had a job fair for the kids in that new suburb, that suburb that I told you about, um, at the library. And mm-hmm. I, I wore a dress shirt, a tie, some uh, some pants, some jeans, and some sneakers. Mm-hmm. And my dad looked at me. He's like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "I'm going to a job fair." I'm 14. I couldn't even drive yet. I was going to take the bus. Uh, and he was like, "So I see you halfway dressed up." I was like, "No, I'm fully dressed up." He was like. <laughs> You got a tie and a shirt and jeans and shoes. What do you want them to think you half serious? If you're going to do something, do it all the way. Yeah. Because ain't no street dudes going to think you cool because you got jeans and right. sneakers on. And ain't no <laughs> business person going to think you right. cool because you got a shirt and tie on. It's like, he's like, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. And um, I ended up, didn't even go to the job fair. I started my own business because I didn't want to wear a shirt and tie. And I, you know, so I, I started a lawn cutting business. Okay. Um, to make money. Mm. And he asked me that too. He was like, do you want to make your own money or do you want to work for somebody else? Right. So influence, when you asked me the question, when did you find out you had influence? It wasn't a social media influence. I think I had influence before that. I think my dad's influence on me became the influence that I have on other people and a leadership role and, a, um, and trying to be positive um, and try to do something all the way. Like when you following through with stuff, that's when you have influence, right? Mm-hmm. So when people be like, "What you at that same party as me? How did you pass that class?" I got influence now because you respect me because I follow through with it. Yeah, right. So it's been like <laughs> sometimes I joke around. I'll be like, "Nigga, I went to the same Howard as you." <laughs> I'd be like, how did you, I went to the same Howard as you. Like, I don't want to call people out, but there's people that went to Howard that run stuff at the Verizon Center. Yeah. I went to the same Howard as you. But they don't have them same connections, though. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but they respect my work. So it's always been, I think it's been a respect about me over my work. Like, mm-hmm. over the last eight, I think my stuff was hot eight years ago. But I think it's much better, more thought-provoking, um, more polished today and it's because i work on it right as 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 you should as anybody as any as anybody should you know yeah you know um i just got a couple more questions for you um so you know trump has been talking about cutting cultural programs cutting funny cutting funding for cultural programs privatizing corporation for public broadcasting all of that um what types of challenges you think will this present to people like yourself and others who work under this umbrella? Like in terms of, uh, I guess, being able to disseminate messages, um, display your work, uh, have some type of, uh, be able to spark an interest in youth uh, mm. or just provoke thought you know, all of that. Um, uh, we had a group. Oh, man, I'm going to totally ignore your question. You said, how How do you think Trump's going to affect 
with him, all these him cuts. cutting cutting the cultural programs funding. I gotta, or or do you even think it'll really have a major impact? Do you see it more as just like a slap in the face to what it what the how much influence and how important arts and humanities are? Just period, and just um, for the human race, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I think if I turned off my phone, mm-hmm. I, my life wouldn't have been any different today than. Uh, January 1st or November right before he got elect uh not elected um what was that November 7th or something like that November 4th November 5th 5th if, 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 November if, 8th something like that if I kept my phone off mm-hmm. but I'm 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 on my phone a lot and I I keep telling myself I'm not going to let anybody take my joy mm-hmm. I tell my students that I'm like you're not going to take my joy I'm not going to raise my voice I'm not a yeller I'm not a screamer uh, I think I'm reading a book right now, African-American men teachers mm-hmm. and the need for them, but they can't be the fix of the school system. I, I might be going in a roundabout way answering your question, but for every 15 students in the United States of America, no, for every 100 students. This is a, this is 0.02% of government spending, by the way, the amount of money he'll be cutting. Point oh. Yeah, it's I mean, <laughs> negligible. <laughs> yeah, um, man, we can't let these people take our joy. That's that's what I I want to say about that. You might see me in the White House in 2017. I've been I've been thinking about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that I I love this man or appreciate or respect anything that he's doing, but if if I can take whatever funds back to my community, I might be able to be willing to do that. Not uh, please don't take this in the wrong way. Like, I'm not taking it in the wrong way because um, I see where you're going with it. Yeah, because um, I don't know. <laughs> Did you see uh, the the CEO Uber dry snitch on the CEO of Tesla, GM, and Disney, and all that? So I didn't watch that video because um, I didn't want to look any more into what he was up to. Uh, but I, I read about it. I did. Long read story it. short, the CEO of Tesla, I mean uh, of Uber, or one of the execs at uber said though he's on this committee travis kalanick yeah with all these other people too right so the economic uh council yeah so pretty much if you're gonna hate me hate all these other people too that was not the right way to go um i I think you asked me like how do you go into the white house because i don't think i'm super political like i i didn't but your work is your work is very political though you think so you know you i like Talib and you like might just see it as like you might like, just say you might just think oh, I'm just stating the obvious well, like this is what it is but like yeah. no but that's still political like what should just be obvious yeah has been politicized to where it makes people uncomfortable certain people uncomfortable it create it it, yeah. it, it create it promotes discussion yeah you know what I mean so. It made somebody rip pieces out of a freaking right, picture. Right, right, you know what right. I mean, right. so that's political. Maybe provocative. Maybe might be the word. I, I, I don't try to be political. Uh, I'm, yeah, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because I, I, I help fundraise a lot for the Obama campaign, a whole lot of money mm-hmm. for the Obama campaign. So, like a real political pe- person to say, like all politics are local and like. Politics are about people mm-hmm. and how you can influence people and and get people to do what you want them to do. So I want to use whatever influence I have to get people to do positive things. Um, that might have been the logic that Ray Lewis, Kanye, and Armorosa had. But that, that's that. I mean, that's what they were using. Even Chrisette Michelle, you know, said something to that effect um, of why Steve she Harvey. she decided to perform um, at his inauguration. And um, I see it. I just think the problem is, um, one, it's a very it's a it's it's a very sensitive time. It, uh, people are concerned because yeah. it's it's been a complete flip for what we had for the past eight years, and this is also the most far right many of us in our generation have seen 
in regards to the federal government, you yeah. know, and just what is happening under a presidential um, administration within just the first several days. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's almost like everybody should be resisting. No one should even want to entertain him until he, like I was listening to, um, I was listening to the most recent Combat Jack episode with Angela Rye and Basically, I agree with it. Like, no one should, no one, no person of color, any race, should want to engage with him until he presents something that lets us know that he wants to work with us, you know, and he hasn't done that yet. So I think that's why people are just like, yeah, we hear you, but we not fucking with that. <laughs> we yeah, ain't fucking with you. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, and not to mention, a lot of these people who went to go see them were already on a shit list. <laughs> Kanye's been on a shit list. I mean, uh, he's on and off. I mean, he's been on it consistently for, for the past couple of years. Uh, um, Ray Lewis, Steve Harvey, you know what I mean? <laughs> All these people. So you got these guys going in there and it's just like, huh? Then who else? Uh, 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 um, who else uh, just recently? Uh, who? Um, Don King? Oh, uh, yeah. Like... And so, and and nobody takes him seriously. No. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like it's not like there was somebody who you he's just, not getting sociologists and economics, uh, exactly. economists or 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 yeah, there's people. He's not getting anybody who has shown any type of uh, logical, reasonable political thought. Let alone logical, reasonable thoughts in general. Yeah, my yeah. my opinion, and I, I think this is what Kanye was trying to get at. And it took me a while to see where he was trying to get at, because mm -hmm. this is the same dude that said, like, I literally took, I was in London at the Tet Modern when they when they uh when he dropped um, Black Skinhead mm -hmm. and projected it. Yeah, like yeah. I was in London at the time, and like being a dude from Chicago. Like seeing this artwork, like I was like, "There's some art school stuff." But he's a rapper. Like yeah. Kanye does a lot of artist stuff as a rapper, and he considers himself a creative. But um, did you like? Did you like Black Skin Hit? It was hard. What was the name of that album? Black. Uh, that album was uh, uh, uh. That was my <laughs> least favorite. That was a, all, that was that was a lot of people's least favorite. Um, yeah, look at the album because I can't think of the name of the album either. Jesus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes. Black skinhead. Um, Jesus. Um, so there, <laughs> there's a meme going on, um, going around with like some black history month, Donald Trump and, and, and some black history. And so one of my homeboys, cause um, he actually, he went, he sat down with, with some folks today. Yeah. One of my yeah. homeboys like been to my crib drink, like at my crib. I'm not going to say no names. Like, he getting paper mm. was was in the picture, mm -hmm. and all we did was laugh on a group chat. You know what I'm saying? Like we can laugh, but at the end of the day, like I feel like I have an inside man. Like mm. if if it was a racial war, like we had to evacuate DC. Like I know I could probably be on some type of bus, yeah, um, to get out right. And so like I also come from like a third world country with a dictator. Like mm. that's why my parents left, and like. The reason why my uncles was going able to go to med school and people was able to get make sure they got home safe and stuff like that was because they had political ties and things of that sort. And um, at di and during different regimes and different times, either my father's family had more ties or my mother's family. And, and um, ultimately, when they didn't feel safe, that's when they left. Right. And so to a certain extent in D.C., I, I, sometimes I feel like I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. Like, is there another great migration that's about to happen? My my parents had the guts, the courage, and the willingness to go somewhere else to provide a better life for their kids. Mm -hmm. And I've traveled around the world. I don't really – I sometimes I get depressed because I'm looking for this magical place where my future wife, my future kids will feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like I have to leave D.C. at this point. And maybe I'm looking too deep into it. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's, there's places in this world where there's dictators, there's people in power that are literally killing people, taking people out. I think for right now, um, you're safe in D.C. Yeah, I feel I, I, feel. I, I definitely think that you're safe in D.C. right now, even with, you know, the federal government being in our backyard. Um, 
I just don't think that. You know what's interesting? I think people that work for the federal government think D.C. is in the federal government's backyard. They do. They definitely <laughs> do. Especially, especially if they are a transplant or whatever. Yeah, like, or don't don't really spend any time here outside of their work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they do think that. So it is it is the reverse. You know what I mean? So. I gather from all of what you said that um you don't think it will have as as much of an impact him cutting this cultural program funding as people may be making it out to seem. I think it's important um just as everything else is important. Um what I what I was saying is I'm not looking too deep into it. Okay. But I'm looking really deep into it at the same time. Okay. I don't want anything to steal my joy. I think that's one of the biggest forms of resistance. That's one of the biggest forms of to keep just to just keep freedom. living living your life. Yeah, and having and, a smile on my face yeah. as a black man in 2017, that's resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, some people sometimes people want like, why are you so happy? Well, how do you make this stuff look so easy? And it's like, man, I literally, if you want to know one of the secrets to my madness or whatever, is I don't sleep. And and a lot of successful people will tell you. They don't sleep. And I'm not that successful. I make as much as a nurse, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, that's still great as a as a visual artist. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's amazing. For me, it's, it's, like I said, like- For a creative, we were for an artist, period. I don't care what your, what your medium is. Yeah. But, yeah, that's amazing. We Yeah. We were talking about taking compliments and rolling and rocking. And I, I, that's the advice I would say. Set your goal- and then divide that goal by 12 or 13, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every 28 days, I got to sell this much art to meet my sales goal. Mm-hmm. And, and But I learned that from working at a finish line. Mm-hmm. You know, like we had sales. We had daily sales goals. We had weekly sales goals. We had monthly sales goals. And that's and that's how, what I took into my art. So I think this is a good segue into the final question. So... What are your thoughts on... What are your thoughts on just... The, the the recent mainstream appeal and trendiness of art. You know, um, you see it as good, you see it as bad. Are you indifferent? Like, I think you have to change with the times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I was a nerd. I'm still a nerd. Mm-hmm. I've always been a nerd. And we always necessarily didn't um, fit in. But our, artists are nerd. I mean, like, regular everyday people are getting into art. I can't mm-hmm. hate. Um, it's like, I'm the Chicago dude till I'm in Chicago. Then I'm in Chicago, I'm the Haitian dude, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm in Haiti, I'm the American dude. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in Canada, I'm the American black dude. And then I'm in Paris and I'm the Haitian dude. And it's like, I'm really trying to learn how to be myself mm-hmm. in all aspects and embrace it and understand that. Um, your original question was what? The trend. <laughs> the trend. Oh, be the, yourself. The recent, that- the recent mainstream appeal and training that you find when, when you come when, with the art world now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I say that because I say be yourself. I've been this dude. Mm. Um, the same way I got a snotty nose here. I had a snotty nose when I was a kid in elementary school. That's a very diplomatic response because I want to say that. If you're not if you're not getting better as time goes on, then mm-hmm. what's your motivation? Oh, you talking about the not like the regular people like doing art? Just or? just just based all around like people regular people doing art yeah. as well as people wanting to. They call themselves like, you know, culture because they're going to an art event this yeah. that, and the third. They might have bought a few pieces, which yeah. is great. Yeah, you know, they have. We need them. They, Keep but, going. But, <laughs> but also. With with the with the with the mainstream of any with the mainstreaming of anything yeah. comes dilution. Yeah. And comes is dilution a word? I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> because dilution, I think. Cause I, I I made sure I didn't say delusion, yeah. but dilution. That too. Though. Um but okay, yeah. so yeah, but both delu- delusion and dilution, um, with with it and I I don't want to say that I'm an art expert. Yeah. However, um, 
I've held a, an appreciation for art for many, many years. And I'm a person when I was a kid, I hated art. And the only yeah. reason why I hated art is because I couldn't draw. But <laughs> like I wouldn't even go to I would try to get out of going to art museums. I, yeah. That was my aversion to art. But as I got older, I learned to love it and appreciate it. And I, I enjoy going to art museums and exhibits and things like that. But nonetheless, um, I um, I say all that because, like I said, there's a lot of people getting into it who I don't know if they are passionate about it or they just see like this as a hustle yeah. solely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not pairing a passion with the hustle. Or there's just no passion or there's no talent there to even cultivate. Yeah. You know, as well as there's people who just want to go to the event because it's something to do. And they're leaning up, they're leaning up on the wall and yeah. knocking the, the the piece to the side, and yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like that's oil. Yeah. <laughs> or like you know, you go put your drink next to the sculpture. It's just like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, would you like it if somebody stepped on your shoe? No, you'd be ready to fight, yeah. and it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like the outfit that you put together, that's you. That's your personal art. This piece right here, this painting, this sculpture. Um, this this performance piece that you like are just talking shit about while it's going on. You know what I mean? Like this is that is that the same equivalent. You know what I mean? I try to look at the good and bad and everything. I think the rise in the mainstreaming or the popularity of art came with the rise in the mainstreaming of like social media. So mm. people want to put something interesting up mm. and say they went somewhere interesting. Mm. I think that March was a lot about like taking a good selfie mm -hmm. last Saturday. The women's march. Yeah. Um people might beat me down for saying that, but I I've, I've been I've been reading and researching. They won't beat you down cuz there there was a lot of that. I mean, there's been a lot of that in some some previous marches that yeah. that lean left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um so it's kind of something to do like definitely like Just understanding how to change with the time and how to capitalize off of that mm -hmm. um, is important. Looking at it from a business standpoint, the more, I guess, people you have um, supporting you, the better. Mm -hmm. um, but you can have 100 people pay $1 or one person pay $100. Mm -hmm. And that's how the art game really works that one person paying $100. And yeah. that, was, that was from an old school art head that told me that. We were doing some, we did a 10-month series for free mm. and Adams Morgan uh, with Underdog and some other artists from Howard and D.C. Yeah. And um, that was unconventional. People probably looked down on, on us like, who is these young cats doing it? But we knew, learned how to throw events. Mm. We learned how to make art interesting. We learned a lot from that. So I won't knock somebody else's hustle, but um, exclusivity is, and I think that's what you're getting on, is a big part of uh, the art world. Because mm -hmm. people want to be like, I'm the only one that, that has this or whatever like that. So Did you read the, the, uh, the $12 million stuff, Shark? No. Okay. Add that, add that to your reading list. The $12 million stuff, Shark. Stuff, Shark. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a as a as a uh, as a as an art as an artist who is selling work and and is eating off of it, um, I'd like to know what your perspective, what your thoughts are on that book when you when you're done reading it. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, exclusivity. Um, like I said, I like luxury shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at exclusivity. And there be, might be some people who beat me down for saying that. But I've, you know, I've been, I, I've been pushing exclusivity to a degree. Not that you can't have access to it, but I want you to know what you're getting into before you actually get into it. So I want you to be able to see it and touch it at least once for you to make the decision like a, a genuine decision like, okay. Do I really want to rock with this or no? Is this really for me or is it not? You know what I mean? So that you can still be your 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 truest self at the end of it. You know what I mean? So 
that's 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 my thoughts on 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 that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna read that book. Um, so it's a it's a lot of knowledge out here, man. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Definitely is. You all right? You all right over there? I'm sweating, right? Yeah. Just in case I said anything crazy, <laughs> I'm off two Tylenol threes with codeine, like. Yeah, he he came he came through for me, um, and I I greatly appreciate him for this. He he made it through, so I'm not gonna hold him no longer. But I do want you to tell people, um, what will we see from you in the near future? Um, well, let me ask you this: Are you um are you participating in a Black Love Experience? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. that's a great opportunity to plug that. Um, I think we definitely need Black Love. Um, <clears throat> and that's where. That feminist um, whole show came from. I was pissed when Sandra Bland ended up missing. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, man, I've been robbed at gunpoint before. Like, I've been threatened to be killed or whatever by thugs, right? Mm -hmm. These people that we consider thugs. But, like, a black woman gets hurt at a police station. There's no thugs standing up to defend her. I was Mm -hmm. like, we as black men are bitches like like i'll ride for my nigga but what you doing for the women mm-hmm. i'll die for my nigga but what you doing for the women mm-hmm. like and then i had to check myself like what have i been doing wrong to women how can i correct that and then that led into that story and um in that study so uh that's happening with Black Love Experiences happening Saturday, February 18th. 18th, February 18th. I'm uh, helping out Anika with that and Nubian Human. Shout them out. Uh, Anacostia Art Center. Yeah. Go to Anacostia. We Don't, need doesn't, Black Love. Does, doesn't matter what uh, Howard students tell you. <laughs> Go to yeah. Anacostia. People, yeah. people won't bite you. Yeah, they won't bite. Uh, yeah, we need more love, more Black Love, less thugs. Or at least thug love, I don't know. Okay. What what um so aside from black love experience, where else um what else will we see from you in the near future? We doing um confirmed um DC Arts and Humanity. We're doing a show on um education inequality. Okay. In March. And then Lord willing, um the Smithsonian's having a show in Honolulu. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's okay. not con- confirmed. But um, I'm doing a show with uh, Rush Gallery in Barbados mm-hmm. and New York. That's confirmed um, in, Mar- in March. Okay. And then South Africa in June. Okay. So All right. So the next it. next six months going to be pretty busy for you. Yeah. Okay. And where can people find you online in real life if you want to be found in real life? I don't want to be found <laughs> in real life. Uh, Charles, no, nah, uh, I got a little studio gallery at 52 Old Street by appointments. Um, and uh, CJP Gallery on Instagram and um, charlesjohnpierre.com if you want to see my work. All right, sounds good. Well, once again, I appreciate you for coming in. I know you are, um, you, you, you popped. A pill, not a Molly. <laughs> yeah, not a Molly. Uh, uh, but you put, you did pop a pill of uh of uh, of the medicinal variety, um, and now you're sweating. Yeah. So pop the I don't want like I said I don't want to hold you any longer, but I appreciate you for coming on. Um, and we got some more conversations to be had off off the record. Yeah, definitely. Um, just leaving off last statements, man. I don't. I really don't think Trump is in power, so I'm not really losing sleep over this guy. Yeah. But I think people have been in power mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's been creating inequality, and that's that's what we need to focus on. Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. All right, y'all. That's a wrap. The All the Fly Kids show is produced and recorded at One Love Magic Studios, located across from the historic Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. Engineered by Mike, Mark, and Molly, and produced by Geronimo Nose. You can subscribe and listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or MixCloud. Pay it forward and let your people know we're here. <laughs>